This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. So, I don't have a sermon this morning. I was in Colorado this past week with my family. Got in uh, just about midnight last night. Uh, and I'm still on mountain time, so I don't know, it's like 8.30. Like um, so, there's no sermon, but I thought I'd share with you one of my favorite stories and then allow us to just sort of, I want you to sort of really listen in and allow it to sort of work its way in your mind and heart, and then we're gonna have a chance to just kind of react to it together and have some conversation about what it evoked for us. And this story was written uh, about 50 or so years ago by William Maxwell. One more sip of water. The title, as you could guess by the front of your bulletin, is The Sound of Waves. The Sound of Waves. Once upon a time, there was a man who took his family to the seashore. They had a cottage on the ocean, and it was everything that a house by the ocean should be. Sagging wicker furniture, faded detective stories, blue china, grass rugs, other people's belongings to reflect upon, and other people's pots and pans to cook with. You've been there. Sometimes it's hard to find that one thing you need. But. The first evening, after the children were in bed, the man and his wife sat on the porch and watched the waves come in as if they had never seen the sight before. It was a, a remarkably beautiful evening, no wind and a calm sea. Far out on the broad back of the ocean, a hump would begin to gather slowly, moving toward the shore. And at a certain point, the hump would rise in a dark wall and spill over. The sandpiper went skittering along the newly wetted, shining sand. The beach grass all leaned one way. The moon was riding high and white in the evening sky, and wave after wave broke just before it reached the shore. The woman said to the man, what are you thinking about? I was thinking about how many waves there are, he said, which made her laugh. Thousands upon thousands, he said solemnly. Millions, billions. He had been brought up far inland, where the only water was a pond or a creek winding its way through marshes and pastures. And though this was not his first time at the ocean, he could not get over it. No duck pond has ever yet gathered itself into a dark wall of water. Creeks gurgle and swirl between their muddy banks, but never succeed in producing anything like the ocean's lisp and roar. There was nothing to compare it to except itself. The next morning he went for a swim before breakfast. The waves were high, but he waited, and the moment came when he could run in and swim out into deep water. He swam until he was tired and then rode in on a wave and went back to the house with a huge appetite. There was no newspaper to remind him that it was now Sunday the 20th and that tomorrow would be Monday the 21st. There was a clock in the kitchen, but he seldom looked at it, and his watch lay in his bureau drawer with the hands resting at 1.15. 
The only thing that kept him from feeling that time was standing still was the sound that came through the ocean windows. Sish, 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 a wish, sish. As always, when people are at the ocean, the years fell away. The crow's feet around the man's eyes remained white longer than the rest of his face, and then all the wrinkles were smoothed away during the nights of deep sleep and the days of idleness. He and his wife were neither of them young, and nothing could bring back the look of really being young, but five, ten, fifteen years fell off them. When they held each other at night, they smelled the salt sea, lay in one another's arms, and heard the sound of waves. This year, and next year, and last year, and the year before that, and the year after next, and before they came, and after they had gone. The woman was afraid of the surf and would not go past a certain point, though he coaxed her to join him. She stood timidly this side of the waves, and, and he left her after a while and went out past the sandy foam to where he could stand and dive through the incoming wall of water. There was always the moment of decision, and this is what she dreaded and why she remained on the shore, because the moment came when you had to decide and she couldn't decide. Years ago, she had been rolled and the fright had never left her. So had he, of course. He remembered what it had been like and knew that if he wasn't careful diving through the waves, he would be whipped around and lose control of what happened to him and his face would be ground into the sharp gravel at the water's edge. His bathing trunks would be filled with sand and floundering and frightened, he would barely be able to struggle to his feet in time to keep it from happening all over again. But he was careful. He kept his eyes always on the incoming wave, and swimming hard for a few seconds, he suddenly found himself safe on the other side. As he came out of the water, his face was transformed with happiness. He took the towel his wife held out to him, and hopping on one leg to shake the water out of his ears, he said, this is the way I remember feeling when I was 17 years old. While she was shopping for food, he went into the post office and waited while a girl with sun-bleached hair sorted through a pile of envelopes. He came away with several, including a bank statement, which he looked at out of habit, debits and credits, the brief but furious struggle between incoming salary and outgoing expenses, and then put it in the same drawer with his watch. So just interested in hearing initial reactions, if there was something that hit you in a certain way, something that was evoked or prompted, feel free to share. Same with folks tuning in at home, feel free to let us know if there's a thought or something that came to mind as you were listening along. I just felt my whole body relax. Okay, you felt relaxed. You felt like you were sort of living into... Invited into rest. Being at the sea. Yeah. Anyone else? A strange ending. Strange ending. Okay. Juxtaposition or something like all that peace and then the stress of the male. The stress of the male. Yeah. 
no doubt. Like that, that line, the brief but furious struggle or something like that between incoming debits and credits. But there's sense like there was a freedom too, right? To just put that in the, in the envelope and, and be like, I'm not gonna deal with that today. That, that felt like, to me, like, oh, that feels nice. Yeah. Yeah, so the immenseness. Uh, the billions of ways and the ongoing and offering and days to start, all those things. Yeah, so the immensity, the description of the, the waves, and he couldn't get over the millions and billions of waves that just keep happening. There's an immensity there, and you're sharing that that reminds you of the, the, the hugeness of God, of the divine, of the holy. Absolutely. And yeah, we were just in the mountains and we get a similar feel. You just, the scale just kind of blows you away. Anything else? That... Well, it's, it's eternity. Yeah. And he's diving in and out of ah. eternity. And my projection yeah. is that it's sort of growing old and preparing yourself. Ah, I like that. Okay, so kind of the diving in and out, sort of a metaphor, diving in and out of eternity. There's talk of aging, and the story sort of highlights even a reversal of that, but we know that's sort of the storyteller's uh, way of just the relaxation that you experience and the stress of everyday life when that's sort of, you're away from that for a bit, that you feel like, oh, maybe I'm recapturing some of how I felt years ago. But I like that idea of preparing for eternity and what's next. Anyone else have, have a thought? Laura says evokes retirement, life balance. Kristen says letting go. Did you have a thought? No, someone else? It's a bit of a thought of life in Christ. It can be useful and you may be away from that life in relationship with Christ, in this case through the meditation. But um, there's always a piece of comfort in Christ when you are able to find your way back. So in this case, the ocean of the waves. Um, and um, the ocean of the waves did bring out this new life, which can be connected to this regeneration. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, sort of a picture of the balance that we can feel in our relationship with, with God, like the Christ, and, and yet that there's struggle as well, and we can find ourselves uh, facing challenge. Or, okay. <laughs> so I was just going to say, the waves to me represent life, like there's danger in life, there's risk, but there's also joy, and so this white looks so great Yeah, so the, the waves is picture, a picture of life and that there's challenge and we might wonder, can we face this challenge? And sometimes we decide to not face certain challenges and other times we dive, dive in, literally, and when you break through that challenge, there's that joy that he, that he felt, that I, I did it, I made it through, I'm okay. What's next? One more wave? 
<laughs> or go ahead. I was going to say the same thing and the contrast yeah. between all the peacefulness and all that, but there's kind of an underlying danger that we need to overcome. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's all the peace, there's a little bit of underlying uh, tension and potential danger. Yeah. Oh, we got another comment. The joy of dancing in the waves of Lake Michigan is why I moved here from Missouri. So there you go. That's from Kimberly tuning in. Fantastic. Uh, and we're glad you're here. Uh, Paul says, as it was just mentioned, a reminder that God, the creator of time and space, is outside of both. Therefore, we have a sense within us of being able to perceive a reality beyond, a reality beyond uh, the physical and mundane. Yeah. So Cheryl was sharing uh, the joy and awe that, that the story evoked of, of being in nature and going to a place perhaps that you've gone as, as a youth and, and this, this, the childlike joy of life that, that's within us. But as you said, sometimes it gets buried between responsibility and, and meetings and, and things we have to do and pressures. And that joy can sometimes just sort of get pushed down and we can forget to access it. All right, so uh, Alan thought that was a strange ending. It was kind of a pause. It wasn't quite the whole thing. So I'm holding out on you. Oh man, that was a nice. There is a little pause. It's a short story, and the second part is shorter than the, the first. So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it out, and then I want to hear if that changes anything in how you receive the story. All through sunny days and cloudy days, and days when it rained, and days when the fog rolled in from the ocean and shut out the sight of the neighboring houses, the waves broke and broke and broke always with the same drawn-out sound, and silently the days dropped from the calendar. The vacation was half over. Then there were only ten more days. Then it was the last Sunday, the last Monday. Sitting up in bed, the man saw that there was a path of bright moonlight across the water, which the incoming waves passed through, and the moonlight made it seem as if you could actually see the Earth's curve. During the final week, there were two days in a row when the sky was wrapped with storm clouds, and it rained intermittently, and the red flag flew from the pool by the lifeguard stand, and only the young dared go in. Like dolphins sporting, the man thought as he stood on the beach, fully dressed with a windbreaker on, and watched the teenagers diving through the cliffs of water. The waves went crash, and then crash, and again crash, all night long. 
This stormy period was followed by a day when the ocean was like a mill pond and the waves were so small they hardly got up enough they hardly got up enough hump to spill over, but spill over they did. Sish, sish, a wish. Since the world began, he thought, stretched out on his beach towel, the IBM machine had not been invented that could enumerate them. It would be like counting the grains of sand all up and down the miles and miles of beach. It would take forever. He could not stop thinking about it, and he decided that, in a way, it was worse than being rolled. It was what reconciled him, in the end, to the packing, and the last time for this, and the last time for that, and getting dressed in city clothes, and the melancholy ritual of departure. It was too much. The whole idea was more than mind could manage, outside the human scale. Rather than think about the true number of the waves, he gave up his claim to the shore they broke upon, and the beach grass all leaning one way, and the moon's path across the water, and the illusion that he could actually see the Earth's curve. From the deck of the ferry boat that took them across the bay to the mainland, he watched the island grow smaller and smaller. And in two weeks' time, he had forgotten all about what it was like this year, next year, last year and before we came and after we've gone <coughs> that's the full story of the sound of waves by william maxwell so anything that hearing that last part of the story evoked or shifted for you yeah, David. The waves are such a powerful, both a metaphor and experience. If I'm not, if we're not hearing the waves a couple times a week, we get kind of antsy. Yeah. yeah. Too, that, and so that's, it's in my body. But the shush, 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 wish, wish. I'm taken somehow by the uh, interplay, the paradox of evoking the eternal and then the immensity of the present moment, and that's all we have. And yeah. with those two, and then it's like, oh, are those the same thing? And it's really taking me to a nice, uh, not an intellectual, spiritual place, but a, a body sense of the real. Yeah. Paradox, the both and the right. The timelessness in the here and now. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that that's what it was that in the end, like, it's like, it's just too much. And okay, it is time to go home and I can deal with that. Because if I stay here too long, it's maybe just too much to imagine. Anything else? On a personal yeah. note, that's why I left Ann Arbor and came back to Holland, so I yeah. could hear the waves every day. So you could hear the waves, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's right, except in winter, sometimes in winter. It was interesting to me that I still felt that, like he was saying, that sense of peacefulness in mm. my body that I get to be a part of this and it goes on. Yeah. This, you know, it's always been, it always will be, like it feels safe. Okay, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that there's before we came and after yes. we've gone. Yes. And being okay with that, yeah, yeah, good.
that line uh, that stuck out to me there, the melancholy ritual of departure. <laughs> Having just done this yesterday, we've been in Colorado for five days, and then it's like, okay, get everything together, get ready to get the luggage and all the kids to the airport. And there is a melancholy to it, you know? You look at the place you stayed for the last time, you look at the view of the mountains for the last time, you want to peek through the window of the plane one last time to see him before you leave. There is that sort of melancholy ritual of departure, whether vacation or a move or a life change in some other way. That was a powerful line. Anyone else? Yeah, Chief, go ahead. We really don't know anything about him. Ah, about the character. Except that he has a bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, this, there's sort of a timelessness to the story in a way. It was written 50 years ago or so, and you could tell by the IBM machine has not yet been created that could you know, count all the waves. Like that sort of gave away, in a way, some of that timelessness. But, but I like that, yeah, we, we're, we're given some things in, in detail and some things you, you just don't know. And it's sort of this, we're, we're all invited into it. Well, thank you for indulging me in sharing one of my favorite stories with you all this morning, really. Uh, thank you. And I hope that, that something was evoked within you that you can take with you this morning. Uh, and Martin Buber noted, uh, the Jewish theologian, writer, philosopher, noted that a story must be told in such a way that it constitutes help in itself. My grandfather was lame. Once they asked him to tell a story about his teacher, and he related how his teacher used to hop and dance while he prayed. My grandfather rose as he spoke, and he was so swept away by his story that he began to hop and dance to show how the master had done, and from that hour, he was cured of his lameness. That's how to tell a story. That's how to tell a story, Martin Buber. And so my hope, friends, is that the story that we tell in our lives can bring hope and healing and speak of the connection to the divine that we've experienced and that we long for all to experience. Amen. It may be so. Invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org. Mm -hmm.